Did you sense his presence? He was so strong. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Glory. God is awesome. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory. Amen. Hallelujah. Understanding prophetic timing. This is lesson number three. Your choice, your future. Your choice, your future. We're talking about radical, conquering, aggressive faith. Radical, conquering, aggressive faith. Your faith needs to be stronger than the enemy that you are defeating. That's the key. Your faith needs to be stronger than the enemy that you are defeating. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 60, verse 2. Isaiah 60, verse 2. The scriptures are very powerful. For behold, behold means look. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. So this is a prophecy. Now, there are two parts when we talk about prophecy. One part is foretelling. That means God will tell you what is about to happen. And he has done this for me many times. And the other part is foretelling. That means you proclaim it. You declare it. So this is foretelling. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. That's the time that we're living now. And grows darkness. That means darkness comes by degrees. A little bit of darkness. And then more darkness. And then more darkness until it becomes gross darkness. The people covering the earth first and then covering the people. That means there is a thick darkness over the earth now. That's the time that we're living in. But the Lord, remember, this is not God. There's a difference between God and Lord. He is God to the devils, but he's not Lord. That's the spirit of rebellion. But the Lord, the Lord is God to the church. God is not only our God, God is our Lord whom we obey. The Lord shall rise upon you. This is another prophecy. Now, there may be a time gap between 2A and 2B. All right? They are both prophecies. But the Lord shall arise upon you, and his glory shall be seen upon you. So we need to, what do we do? Speak forth. Proclaim. God has already foretold. So one part of prophecy is foretelling. The other part of prophecy is forth, F-O-R-T-H, forth-telling. So you need to forth-tell, to, you need to forth-tell what has been foretold. Do you get this? You need to forth-tell what has been foretold. Too many people, when they pray, they just bless me, bless me. Oh Lord, I'm this, I'm that. No, you need to declare. You need to declare, you need to decree, you need to fight the devil, you need to rebuke the enemy, okay? And his glory shall be seen upon you. Now, there is a further explanation in verse 3. Because the atmosphere upon you has been cleared. You've cleared away all the darkness around you and upon you. And that's why the Gentiles shall come to your light. 
Can you see the difference? It was the light of the Lord. The Lord shall rise upon you and his glory shall be seen upon you. That's God's part. But as you possess it, as you personalize it, you make it yours. And the Gentiles shall come to whose light? Your light. Whose light? Your light. It's the light of the church. It's the light of the Christians. Your light and the kings even. The kings to the brightness of your rising. Why? Because you have risen up. Because you have arised. Can we say amen? You have risen up. You have arisen. So Christians, what do we do? Rise up. Come on, say to yourself, rise up. One more time, rise up. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I want you also to contrast. I want you to do some contrasting in these two scriptures. All right? I want you to see there's a contrast between the earth and the people. So it was the earth first, and then it came to the people. And then there's a contrast between the Lord first and then to you, referring to the Christians, referring to the individual Christians, referring to the church. This word is you, Y-O-U. It can mean the collective church. It can also mean the individual Christians. So it's not the size. It's not the size. It's not the number. It's Christ in you. The home of glory. Can we say amen? amen? Hallelujah. Amen. So what has happened is you can see a shift. What is the shift? The shift is from darkness to light. The shift is from the devil overcoming you to you overcoming the devil. Can we say amen? amen. Hallelujah. And what happened is that the church gets shifted the Christians, they get shifted, even one individual Christian gets shifted to what? To a commanding position. A commanding position. The Gentiles shall come to your light and the kings to the brightness of your rising. So isn't that a commanding position? That's the position for the church. That's the position for Christians. God has given us a commanding position. The dominion that Jesus has given to his church. Can we say amen? Lift up your hands and receive that. Receive that commanding position. Receive that dominion for you. Well, you said to me, but pastor, maybe you have taken that too far. That's only two scriptures. Well, let's go to Psalm chapter 2. Psalm chapter 2, verse 2 to 4. Psalm 2, verse 2 to 4. This is where we are now. This is the time that we are in. The people are attacking the church. Can't you see it? Didn't you watch the news? The people are attacking the church. They have made laws against what we preach. They have made laws against our faith. And the people that preach the word. So if you look at Psalm 2, this, is, this was a prophecy, but it had come to pass now at this time. Psalm 2, verse 2 to 4. The kings of the earth, referring to those that are in influential position, the governors, the kings of the earth, set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. How many of us are anointed? Lift up your hands. 
Can you see that very clearly? And what are they saying? Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. Let's get rid of what they say is no. Let's get rid of what they say is wrong. Let's get rid of what they say is sin. That's what's happening now. That's what they're doing. And go to verse 4. What's God's reaction? What's God's reaction to this? He didn't get angry. He didn't get mad. What's his reaction? He laughed. (laughs) He that sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. In derision means in mockery. God is mocking, mocking at them, laughing at them and saying, aren't they ridiculous? They think they can fight me. (laughs) You know, the devil is crazy because he can, he thinks that he can fight God. (laughs) The devil is crazy because he thinks that he can win his battles. All right. What's the time that we are in now? The heat is on. It's pandemic time. Well, this is the time for us to know for sure where our faith is. We need to know for sure where our faith is. Do I live by the word or I live by the COVID report? Now, there are some that get very, very nervous, afraid, scared, because the test said that I'm positive. I don't believe in the test. I believe in the word of God. Amen. When COVID attacks your body, that means it's the time for battle. Fight it. Fight it. Well, your body is fighting it anyway. God has put immunity in your body to fight against it. And every part of you, not only your body, but your mind, your heart, your emotions, your will, everything must fight like David fighting Goliath. And when you fight, you will win. Amen. Say to the person next to you, when you fight, you will win. Amen. That's how God has positioned his church. As long as we fight, we win. As long as we fight, we win. Amen. Understanding prophetic timing will help us with our choices, our decisions regarding our future. Your future is happening all the time and you're building your future. Say to the person next to you, build your future. We need to understand that the enemy is very calculating. You understand the word calculating? The devil is very calculating and he uses time to hurt us. He plans and he schemes to trap, to stumble, to attack us individually and corporately. And we must be wise against him. We have God's timing against the devil's timing. Can I have an amen? We have God's timing against the devil's timing. The key is not religion. The key is not religion. The key is understanding. With all you're getting, get understanding. The key is not to be religious. The key is to have understanding and to be wise. To live by understanding. To live by the truth. Can I ask you a question? Who is the spirit of the truth? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Christians, we are not in the unknown. We are in the known. 
Christians, we are not in the confusion, we are in the clarity. When you are in darkness, you don't know. But when you are in the light, you know. Amen. When you are in the light, you know. Can we say amen? Say with me, I'm in the know. Not in the unknown. Amen. Time in the Greek mindset, I talked about the Greek mindset last Sunday. Time in the Greek mindset is temporary. That's where the word temporary comes from. It's temporal. It's temporary. That means it's only for a while. Time in the Greek mindset is circular. I remember when I was a lot younger, we sang that song, and go round and round and round in a circle game. <laughs> that was a, an old song. So time in the Greek mind is circular, ending with one's death. Time, I knew this when I got born again, time does not exist in eternity. Time does not exist with God. Why? Because God is light. God is light. God is spirit. And I saw this just this morning. Albert Einstein's theory of relativity. Albert Einstein's theory of relativity. He said, at the speed of light, there is no time. Just eternity or infinity. Only on earth have we been given time in the book of Genesis. Only on earth have we been given time. Time is for God to redeem our souls. Time is for God to deal with people. To deal with this planet inhabited with people. So time on the earth has a beginning and an end. Every one of us, we have a beginning when we were born Onto the earth, and we have an end. That's when we exit this planet. And the Bible says that even the heavens and the earth, there will be a new heaven and a new earth for eternity. Can we say amen? In the Bible, time is linear. That means it's a line, and it goes up. Time is a linear. Time, sorry, time is linear and not circular. So what happened? You get born, you grow physically, you mature intellectually, you mature in your emotions, you mature in your will, and you mature spiritually, and you grow to be with the Lord ascend to heaven forever and ever. You've done your time on the earth. So the earth is a school to prepare you to go to eternity. Can we say amen? So you need to know why, why you are here and why things happen to you. And I'm talking about both good times and difficult times. Why do difficult times happen to me? Why do I get hurt? Why do I get mad? Why do I get frustrated? It is not somebody's fault. It has nothing to do with somebody. The Bible says, Jesus said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So it's all to do with me. It's all to do with my maturity. It's all to do with my growth in the Lord. How many of us have not been hurt? None of us. 
All of us have been hurt. Even little babies can get hurt. Toddlers can get hurt. Let me ask you, who was the first person who got hurt and he ended up killing his brother? Cain. Cain. He got hurt. By whom? By God. He got hurt. He felt God neglected him. He felt God rejected him. And he got hurt. And when he got hurt, he got mad. And when he got mad, he got sad. And when he got sad, he got angry. And he got violent, got violent and he killed his brother. So is it good for us to be hurt? Is it good for us to be hurt? Is it good to nurture our hurts? No. No. And did, didn't God warn him? Yes, God did warn him. Amen. So whom do we go to when we are hurt? The Lord. God wants us to mature. And there will be times that he will deliberately let you be hurt. I've had this happen to me many times until I realized, oh, Okay, I'm not going around that mountain again. I'm learning. I'm growing. He will allow you to be hurt so that you know and you know it's not up to somebody else. It's up to you to get rid of that hurt. Can we say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many marriages that we know end up in divorce because they hurt one another? And if you're always looking for somebody to heal your hurt you always end up getting hurt. Say to the person next to you, mature. Grow. What's the reason? What's the point? So the devil can't hurt you anymore. Amen. So the devil can't hurt you anymore. The devil will use anything to hurt you. Sickness, disasters, accidents, people, family members. It's so important that we be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. It's so important that we don't look around and try to change somebody else. We change ourselves. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Time is therefore prophetic. Time is prophetic. Time is progressive. And time is eschatological. Eschatological means it's to do with eschatology. means to do with the future. End times. All right, so time, when we talk about time, we talk about time with our future in our mind. Okay, I gave you a few uh, Greek and Hebrew words when it comes to time. The first one is chronos. That's where we get the word chronology, chronos, okay? And the Hebrew word equivalent for that is et. And the next very important word is the word kairos. Kairos is when God steps into your time. It's called the opportune time. When eternity comes to the earth. Amen. And the plural of kairos is translated in the Bible as seasons. So season, when you're in a season, that means you have a succession of divine appointments. A succession of divine appointments. Like winter is a season. What's the appointment? That's the cold that's coming. And that cold will be here for a while. 
What is summer? That's a season. The heat that is coming and the heat that will be here for a while. Karos, amen. That's when the windows of heaven are open for us. And the equivalent for that in Hebrew is the word moet, translated as appointed time, set time, and season. Let's look at Galatians chapter 4 verse 4 that will help us to understand further. So your life is not that simple. You need to look at your life with seasons. You need to look at your life with seasons, and you need to look at your life with opportune times. And you need to look at your life. There are times when heaven comes into your lifetime. There are times when eternity comes into your lifetime. Amen. So if you look at Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, when the fullness of the time. When the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law. That's when eternity came into a timely existence. When we talk about having signs and wonders and miracles, when we talk about having favor with God, that's when eternity, the time for eternity comes into your lifetime. Amen. And if you look at Acts chapter 2, verse 1, Acts chapter 2, verse 1, why do we celebrate the birth of Christ? Why do we celebrate the birth of Christ? Because that was a moed. That was a karos. That's a time when eternity touched the earth. Your born again time. The time when you got born again. The time when there was a change of your spirit. When you became a new creature in Christ Jesus, that's what's your appointed time. Amen. And if you look at Acts chapter 2 verse 1, when the day of Pentecost was fully come. In our walk with God, there is a duration. In our walk with God, there is a sowing, there's a reaping. And as we sow, so shall we reap. And we keep sowing in prayer. We keep sowing in our service. We keep sowing overcoming temptations. Keep sowing overcoming the attacks of the animal. Oh, sorry, the animal. Yeah, he's an animal. The enemy. <laughs> and we get to reap. Can we say amen? amen. Hallelujah. If you look at Psalm 102, Psalm 102 verse 13, Psalm 102 verse 13, you shall arise and have mercy upon Zion. With God, always emphasize mercy. Okay, his mercy. You shall, have, you shall arise, referring to God, and have mercy upon Zion for the time to favor her. For the time to favor her, the set time is come. The time to favor her, yes, the set time is come. How many of you know that there's a difference between when you were 10 years old and now that you are 30 or 40 or 50? Time does make a difference. But it depends on how you use your time. And it depends on what you sow into your time. Amen. We all have time. We all have time. It's our lifetime. Okay? Let me ask you, what about the birth of Isaac? Remember, God promised 
Abraham. God promised Sarah in the set time, I would come to you and Sarah shall have a son. Why didn't God just give, you know, just give it to her right away? No, God knows about the right time, the right place, and the right people. Can we say amen? We all have time. We call it our lifetime. We all have set time or our seasons of life. We all have kairos, our opportune time or our appointed time with God. I had my appointment with God when I was in Bangkok, Thailand, when he told me that we would be coming into Australia. The time, the set time, and nothing could stop that. I had to fight Sonny really hard because he didn't want to come. But now he doesn't want to leave. (laughs) Set time, okay? Kairos, amen, or kairos. It means breakthrough time. Windows of opportunity, open doors, miracles, provision, divine orchestration of events. Oh, I believe that with all of my heart. Divine orchestration of events. That's why I don't work so hard to make sure that I do it. No, when it comes to the sermon, when it comes to the word of God, I make sure that I don't do it. It has to come from God. Amen. Hallelujah. Divine orchestration of events. But when I know that it's time, when I know that the service time is when I should be here, I don't go unless God gives me the permission. Amen. Divine connections. God wants to fight so hard your divine connections. People that God has connected you with. I was divinely connected with Katie in the Philippines. <laughs> I was divinely connected with Dorcas in the childcare center when I called her on the phone when she was away, not in Australia. I think she was in South Africa. Divine connections. God had given you divine connections and you better guard them jealously. Guard them jealously. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Divine connections. And how many of you have experienced attacks on your divine connections? Absolutely. Yeah. And the more they attack them, the more you know they are from the Lord. Amen. Open doors. Kairos. So our future is according to how we used our time in the past, how we steward our time in the present, and how we prepare our time for the future. Time is interrelated. Time is interrelated. There is not even one single occurrence. No. Imagine how a child was born. How many months of pregnancy? Seven? Seven months of pregnancy to nine months of pregnancy for a child to be formed in the womb, to be born to a particular set of parents, a particular time, a particular race, a particular country. Can we say amen? Amen. Understand that when we talk about God, we're not talking about a random order. We're not talking about random order. We're talking about God's order, divine order. The steps of a good man, a God man, a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. 
Amen. Time is interrelated. It's part of the law of sowing and reaping. Amen. So how am I doing tomorrow is part of how I did in the past and what I'm doing today. So don't be scared about your future. Don't be afraid. I don't know what's going to happen to me in the future. What you do now will shape your future. Can we say amen? What you do now will shape your future. Our life is flowing, unfolding on a continual basis. How many of us can stop time? No, we can't stop time. Our future is happening all the time, so don't get caught up, locked up, messed up. Don't get stuck. Say to the person next to you, don't get stuck. Keep flowing. Keep growing. Keep expanding in your time of life. Amen. Amen. Your time of life. When we talk about life, there is a personal life, a private life, and also there's a corporate life. When we talk about the anointing, there is a personal anointing and there's a corporate anointing. When we talk about responsibility, there is an individual responsibility, responsibility, and there is a collective responsibility. When we talk about life, there is a natural life and there is a spiritual life. Listen to me carefully, church. Well, I've prayed for this president to become the president. I voted for this person to become the prime minister, but he didn't get voted. He didn't get the presidency. He didn't get to be voted as the prime minister. So does it mean that my voting is in vain? Does it mean that all my prayers are in vain or maybe I've heard God wrong? No, absolutely no. As far as you are concerned, you have listened to God, you have done your part, you have obeyed God. His governance, in spite of who is being voted as the president or the prime minister, as far as your life is concerned, your governance is by and from the Lord. That's where prayers are so, so important. Prayers build up your life. You walk in the prayers that you have prayed. You walk in the prayers that you have prayed. Your prayers become your spiritual atmosphere. Your prayers become your spiritual covering. Amen. Are you getting it? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I have prayed against COVID. I have I have done the binding against COVID. But still, COVID is around. The pandemic is still on. Does it mean that my prayers are not working? Does it mean that God is not answering my prayers? Absolutely no. Because you have resisted COVID, because you have bound it in the name of Jesus, because you have stood against it, there is a covering, there is a boundary, there is a protection around you against COVID because you have prayed against it. Your prayers are working all the time. There is no such thing as prayers that don't work. There's a personal anointing. There is a corporate anointing. 
The corporate anointing may still be not working. The atmosphere may not have shifted, but as far as you are concerned, the anointing is definitely protecting you. Can we say amen? Amen. Can we say amen? amen? So your personal walk with God is extremely important. Your personal obedience to God is extremely important and nobody and no demons can touch it. Amen. Is there a difference between the church and the kingdom? Yes. Are they the same? No. You become part of the church when the spirit of God comes into you. That's when you become born again. What is the duty of the church? What is the assignment of the church? The assignment of the church is to advance the kingdom. It's to expand the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, remember, don't you know that the kingdom of God is within you? That means you have to be a witness to witness. The kingdom of God is within you against sickness and disease, the attacks of the devil. The kingdom of God is within you against the hurts of the enemy, against superstition, against manipulation, against strife, against accidents, against attacks. The kingdom of God is within you, amen, to attack the devil and to advance, amen. Before you can attack, you need to defend, amen, defend yourself and you are strong, then you can advance and attack. The devil. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ is our citizenship. That's why it is our duty to rise up and protect the kingdom. It's our duty to rise up and work for the kingdom, to advance our kingdom. Our dominion over the devil and all those that work against us and for him. We must work and advance the kingdom. And if we are not kingdom conscious, then we have no authority and we have no dominion and all your prayers will not work. Because it is all about a matter of who is stronger. Either you are stronger or the devil is stronger. Either you are stronger or the devil is stronger. Remember the word of God says that you must bind the strong man and spoil his house. If the devil is stronger than you, then you can't bind him. Isn't that right? Isn't that right? Amen. And that's why you can't afford to think that I'm, oh, it's right. I mean, I'm, oh, that's why I'll cough. That's why I'll lose my memory. That's why my legs will become feeble. No, 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 100% no. Because those thoughts will work against your health. Those thoughts will work against your health. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Take into captivity every thought. And bring it to the obedience of the Lord Jesus Christ. If the Lord does not call you old, you shouldn't call yourself old. When I say old, I'm not talking about mature. I'm talking about decaying. You don't decay. Your memory does not decay. 
Your bones don't decay. Your nerves don't decay. Can we say amen? Your tendons don't decay. Can we say amen? Thank you, Jesus. We're talking about the truth, okay? Yes, this is COVID time. What is COVID time? COVID time is a time for battle. We're fighting who is the reality or which is the reality. Is sickness, COVID the reality? Or the word of God, Jesus, bore my sickness and carried my pain. Which is the reality that I live in? Whom do I serve? Whom do I believe? Can we say amen? How many of you, if you read the Old Testament, you know that there is a curse on those that don't fight. There is a curse on those who don't join the battle. What do you mean, Pastor Dora? That means you don't fight the devil, the devil will fight you. You don't fight the devil, the devil will bully you and hurt you. You can't play dead when it comes to the battlefield. So what do we have to do? Fight. Fight. Fight till you win. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Not resisting the devil is to submit to the devil. Being passive to the devil's attacks. Not to fight, it's to surrender. God has raised up an army, we call it the church. And we have all been drafted into the army. This is our protection. The protection is for those who fight the devil. So don't keep praying prayers like, God, I'm no good. I'm such a sinner. I'm no good, you know. I'm no good. And the devil said, yeah, that's right. You are no good. Let me attack you. Don't pray that kind of prayer. Can we say amen? Amen. When you pray, say, devil, you're under my feet. I'm attacking you. Amen. You're not allowed to hurt my brothers and sisters. I'm attacking you. I bind you. Get out in Jesus' name. Amen. And when the devil is attacking your friends or your brothers and sisters in your mind, you say, devil, you are such a liar. I'm standing up for my pastor. I'm standing up for my brothers and sisters. And I'm attacking you. I know who you are. You are the accuser of the brethren. Get out in Jesus' name. Amen. And the angels, praise the Lord with you. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go back to timing. The timing of God, the timing of the kingdom, the timing of the church against the timing of demons and the timing of the world. Jesus is the commander-in-chief. The Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of every one of us is the raider. It's the receiver for us to receive his instructions. Amen. He tells us the signs of the times. And that's why Jesus was, you remember, he was chastising the Pharisees because they were supposed to know the signs of the times. Okay. So we need to know the signs of the times and moves with the perfect timing. Now, I don't know about whether you watched the news or not last evening. I watched the news. How many of you know that uh, Putin, uh, he had come together with C, President C of China, and they took a photo together declaring their stand, their alliance against human rights. To me, that's timing. To me, that's something the church needs to know. There's a shift in the atmosphere. There is a shift we need to know. So 
the Lord will give us signals. He will give us signals for our maneuver, for our time, for our prayers, for battles. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, can you imagine yourself living without time? Can you imagine yourself living without time? It would be very hard. Time is our structure. Time gives us the structure. If you don't have a structure, you become lost. You, you become lost. You don't know what to do. You don't know where you're in. And you don't know when is the end, when is the beginning. You lose your direction and you cannot plan. What is history? History is a record of time. What happened in the past? What happened in the periods of time? What happened to Abraham? A record of what happened to Abraham so that I could learn from him intellectually and I could catch from him spiritually. Amen. How did they do with the time? Did they do well with the time on the earth? Where are they now? They are in heaven. So the key is that your time on earth will affect your time in heaven. Your time on earth will affect your time in heaven, for some in hell. When we talk about timing, we're talking about coordination. Say to the person next to you, coordination. Coordination is such an important word because you can work hard as much as you want, but if you're not in the right timing, if things are not coordinated for you, all your labor will be in vain. Time coordinates us. We are here together because of time. Isn't that right? You're here this morning because you have observed your time. So time coordinates us in the calendar of God. Time coordinates all of our activities. So in order to know God's timing... Amen. We know how to coordinate. In order to coordinate with God, we need to know God's timing. We're not living in the Old Testament anymore. We're not living in the time of Abraham. We're not living in the time of David. We're living in the time of the gospel. We're living in the time of grace. Are we in the end time yet? Are we, are we in the time of the tribulation yet? Come on, church, tell me. No, not yet. Are we in the time of judgment yet? No, not yet. The church is still here. We haven't been caught up. Okay, so we need to know this very, very clearly. When we talk about set times, Moed, okay, Moed, Sabbath, Pentecost, they are the feasts in God's calendar. Why did God give them feasts? To give them a structure. Why did God give the church Sunday service? To coordinate every one of us to come. To coordinate every one of us to come to worship, to come to learn, to come to receive the impartations of God's blessings. To come to receive the move of the Holy Spirit. Can we say amen? Amen. When it comes to moeds or seasons... A lot of Christians, they make the mistake, if God really wants me to come, God will move me, you know. You know, the devil can use coincidences against you. You know, you may think in your head, oh, I'm sure God understands, I want to have a rest today. Um, you know, it's okay if I skip one service. And then somebody rocked up 
to your door and said, wow, let's go to the beach together. And then you say, yay, God had sent you to me to tell me that I don't need to go to church. <laughs> well, just about you want to fast. <laughs> and somebody calls you and say, let's go out for dinner. <laughs> the devil can use coincidences. So when it comes to Moeds, when it comes to our time with God, we must have what? Appointments. Appointments. This is my appointment with God. I've made up my mind. This is my time with God. I've made up my mind from the beginning of the service to the end of the service. This is my time. This is my set time with God. This, my, this is my Moed time. And no demons, no people can take me away from this time. Amen. So you walk with God with your will. Your will is very much important. Very, very important. You walk with God with your will, with your choices, with your decisions, with your thoughts, with your mind. Can we say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Understanding prophetic timing is the key to moving with God, to laying hold of your given future. When we're talking about God surprising you, when we talk about karos, God's favor, it's like, I don't know, I don't know if I can really do this. I need this amount of money, or I need this person's permission. I need the government's visa. You know, all those things, it seems like it's not within my control. It's up to, they say, God. But God says it's not up to him, it's up to you. It's up to your lifestyle of obedience, your lifestyle of faithfulness, your lifestyle of trust, your, your lifestyle of fellowship with God. The footsteps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. And don't forget, and he delights in his way. Remember, your caross is birthed from your moets, your seasons with God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So we need to enjoy our season with God. Enjoy our fellowship with God. Enjoy our Sunday service. Enjoy our prayer times. Glory be to God. You don't do it because it's your duty. You don't do it because if I don't do it, God will be angry with me. No, 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 no. You're building your future. You're building your future. You're building your future. You're building your time. You're building your future. You're building your time with God. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. That's how you build your character. That's how you build your soul. That's how you build your personality. And that's how you build your favor with God. Can we say amen? amen. Hallelujah. God does not operate by a random order. Luck is random. But favor is not. Remember who received favor in the Bible? Esther. Esther. She received favor. Right? She received the favor of God upon her. So much so that she became the queen. And not only that, so much so she was able to rescue her own people, the entire ethnic race. And if you look at her and watch her, read her in the Bible, she is very sensitive to time. She knew God's timing. And she prepared 
herself. She built her future. Can we say amen? amen? A very important word is the word sovereignty. How many of you have heard of that word? God is sovereign, you know. Yes, God is sovereign. If you were passive, okay, I'm just throwing this to you. If you were passive and God is sovereign over your life, then you're not accountable. Isn't that right? If God is sovereign, what's that to do with me? I can go get drunk. I can skip my Sunday services. I don't have to pray. Well, God is sovereign. That means he can do whatever he wants. But is that what the Bible teaches us? No. The Bible teaches us that we are accountable. And we are responsible. So we need to understand this very, very clearly. So if God is sovereign and I can be passive, that there shouldn't be any hell at all. It's not right and it's not fair for God to send people to hell. But that kind of statement is fake. It's not true. It's a religious lie from hell. Okay? Let me ask you, Jesus, was, wasn't he accountable? Yes. He said, I do whatever the Father shows me. Wasn't he responsible? Yes. And let me ask you a very important question. Didn't he have to fight? Did things happen for Jesus automatically? No. We're talking about Jesus. We're talking about Jesus, the second person of the Trinity who came to be a man in our midst. What did he do? He fought the fight of faith. He fought for the promise of the Father to come to pass on the earth. Amen. Let me ask you another very important question. Daniel. Daniel, wasn't he a godly man? Wasn't he a very clever man? Wasn't he God's favorite, so to speak? What did he do? The angel Gabriel couldn't just come to him. Couldn't. Could not. The devils fought Gabriel so hard. What did Daniel do? He was fasting and praying. What did he do? He was fasting and praying. He was fasting and praying. And as a result of that, another angel was released. And Gabriel was able to go to him to deliver the prophecies, the message. So there is a spiritual structure. And we must have that in our lives. It's not kezara It's not whatever will be, will be. It's not how I feel. It's not what I think. No, no, no. It's nothing to do with me. It's to do with the kingdom. If there were no demons on the earth, you can do whatever you want. And every one of us knows that there are devils on the earth whom you must fight. Even when God made our body, he had put in us the fight, the immunity against sickness and disease. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you are getting it? So spiritual warfare is necessary to protect our time, to enforce our seasons, and to obtain our opportune time. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Even Jesus had to come and contend in faith 
to enforce spiritual reality, to obtain Pentecost for his church. Okay, it's very, very important. Well, let me finish with this. Let me ask you a question. Isn't your Bible your prophecies? Yes or no? Yes, the Bible is made up of your prophecies. You can quote the prophecies of the Old Testament to use them to become your prophecies. And that's why we have the word, it is written. That's why we have the phrase that it will come to pass. Amen. So you need to know what God has promised you and you need to foretell and you need to, you need to foretell and you need to foretell. Can we say amen? amen? So I prophesy over myself the eternal truth. And when I do that, I safeguard my future against demonic attacks. I exercise my God-given free will. This is my decision, my choice, my right. And devils or back off, can we say amen? What do we call this? We call this radical, conquering, aggressive faith. Because you're in a battle. And that's what gives you clarity and that's what gives you certainty. So I'm not waiting to be healed. I'm aggressive to say that I am healed. I don't live dependent on what the test says. I live dependent on what the word of God says. Amen. Well, you say, but I've been confessing and praying. And then the COVID test comes back positive. Well, let me ask you, does that test nullify the word of God for you? Can that test nullify, cancel the word of God for you? Absolutely no. It doesn't matter what the tests say. By his stripes, I am healed. And you enforce the word of God. You enforce the word of God. You enforce the word of God. You declare the word of God. You enforce the word of God. You enforce it and you declare it until the word becomes your reality. It takes determination. It takes commitment. Amen. The experiences of the world, what happens in the world, cannot disapprove the Word of God. No way. No way. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the Word of God will never pass away. Amen. Who is greater, God or the devil? What is greater, the truth or the lies? The truth. Amen. Who is greater? Christ in you or your soul in you? Christ. Amen. This is so, so important. Amen. Prophetic timing. Divine alignment that comes with divine appointments, provisions, and kingdom advancement. Amen. Let's finish with this. Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. This is my favorite scripture in the Bible. Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. From the days of John the Baptist until now, 
The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. That means the enemy was attacking the kingdom, attacking the advance of the kingdom, trying to hinder it, trying to block it. But the kingdom of God within you should not be withheld, should not be blocked because it's within you. Can we say amen? And you need to aggressively advance it against the devil. Amen. And the violent referring to you, the aggressive one, the radical ones, take it by force. Take the kingdom of God by force. The kingdom of God is healing. The kingdom of God is peace. The kingdom of God is what? Divine health. The kingdom of God is prosperity. The kingdom of God is provision. The kingdom of God is good marriages. The kingdom of God is good connections with people. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. This is so, so important. Amen. Let's finish with James chapter 4, verse 7. Say with me, authority. One more time, authority. One more time, authority. Every Christian is been given authority. And you need to use it against the devil. Not against one another, against the devil. You need to use it against the devil. When you pray, use authority. When you pray, use authority. When you confess, use authority. Use authority against the devil. Can we say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Number one. That's the first commandment. Number two. Resist the devil. Don't just do one. Do two. Submit to God, resist the devil, and what is the result? There will be a shift in your life. You're no longer the failing one. You are the succeeding one. You're no longer the victim. You are the victor. Why? Because the devil will flee from you. This is a promise. This is a prophecy. At the same time, it is a promise. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You have to do both. Amen. Hallelujah. Authority that comes with submission. So the power to submit to God is the power to resist the devil. The power to submit to God is the power to resist the devil. Let me give you an example. I have to use my husband again because he's the best person for me to use. So, so for example, I'm angry with Sonny. You know, I'm really angry with him. I'm so mad at him. He had hurt me so bad, you know. And the Lord said... Hmm, is it good for you to be so angry with your husband? Is it good? No. Nope. <laughs> no. Nope. So hurting, getting hurt, is it good for you? No. Nope. And then, you know, I would argue, well, he needs to come to apologize to me. Well, he needs to come to say sorry, right? My husband never said sorry. Lord, you know he never said sorry. But then the Lord never joined me in my argument against my husband. I, I find that out. Never. He has never agreed with me. No, he's never joined me when it comes to, you know, me complaining against my husband. He had never done even once. No, he had never joined me. So, and then he said, okay, it's up to you. What do you want to do? Submit. Submit. And I don't want to talk to God anymore because, you know, I don't want to submit. <laughs> well, and then he gave me the scripture that he spoke to Cain. Well, it's up to you. The ball is in your cot. <laughs> you decide what to do. Do you want to continue to live this, in this anger and in this hurt? And it dawns on me. 
It dawns on me. The light comes on me. The light comes on me. As I was dealing with my emotions, praying in the spirit, the light dawns on me. It comes to me because I was praying. I was dealing with my soul. Submit to God. It has nothing to do with reasoning. Don't reason. It has nothing to do with reasoning. It's all to do with obedience to God. Don't reason with the devil. He will win. Submission is obedience. Perfect submission, perfect delight. It has nothing to do with the people around me. It has nothing to do with Sonny. My job is not to change him. My job is to change myself. That I'm determined to obey God in whatever situation. However people treat me. That's my time. Can we say amen? Amen. So what am I building? I'm building kingdom relationships. I'm not forming soul ties. I'm building kingdom relationships. I'm not forming soul ties. I'm not treating you according to how you treat me. I'm building kingdom relationships. The church is made up of kingdom relationships that will go to battles together. Can we say amen? Give the Lord a big hand of praise. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Can we start giving our communion? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Let's start preparing for communion. Can I ask you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26 to 31. Now, I have been instructed to do communion service all the way until the end of February. I've explained to you, it's like the city of Jericho. God told them to circle around Jericho seven times. And I didn't know that when I said we're doing communion service to the end of February, and I started counting altogether seven services. All right, so look at 1 Corinthians. Now, numbers are very important in the Bible, so we'll talk about that. That's, that's to do with number. That's numerology. Now, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26 to 31. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. Now, I want you to see the word show. It is not just show and tell. To show means to manifest to manifest you manifest the resurrection power you manifest the power of the death of Christ wherefore whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily unworthily means you don't examine yourself you don't judge yourself shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Now, I want you to pay attention to verse 28. But let a man examine. The word is diacre. Uh, diacre, it means to approve. That means when you examine yourself, to approve yourself, to deem yourself worthy. 
You look at yourself. You get rid of the junk. You get rid of whatever is filthy, whatever is blocking you. Amen. And you do that. What happened? You eat and you drink worthily. And you receive the benefits of the Holy Communion. And that includes your health and your healing. Can we say amen? If you look at verse 31. For if we would judge, approve, examine ourselves, we should not be judged. That means even God will not judge you. When you check and examine yourself, even God will not judge you. And this word judge also means separate. To judge means to separate. You don't judge. It's not a mental judgment and say, oh, I'm good, I'm bad. No, it means to separate. To separate what's bad from you, that means you won't be, you won't be bad. You're forever good. Can we say amen? Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Can I ask you to stand with me? Thank you, Jesus. And take the communion together. All right, can I give you some time? You go through what's in your heart. If there's any junk, get rid of it. Any junk, get rid of it. Any unforgiveness, any grudges, prejudice, any offense, any hurt, get rid of them. Don't give the devil a foothold over your life. Don't give the devil a foothold in your life. Any doubts, get rid of them. Amen. Separate. Separate yourself so you are worthy. Jesus has justified you and made you worthy. So when you eat this, it is like medicine. It is health. Health for your, for your, your body and healing. Healing for your body. Health for your soul and healing for your soul. Let's eat of this together.